You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Good evening, everybody. How are we doing? I'm good. Thanks, Bobby. That's how you and I have a conversation this evening. Uh, how's everybody doing? Everybody recovered from Sunday? Everyone's still chipper? Still happy? Having a good week? Excited for this weekend? It feels a little strange here tonight, doesn't it? We can be honest. Feels a little off a little bit. I do too. It's okay. Um, it's exciting, the things that are happening, but it's, it's okay to feel a little... A little weird, right? A little off about this last week and, and everything that's going on. So uh, it's been on my mind, <clears throat> as I'm sure it has been on a lot of your minds, uh, leading up to this Sunday night probably, or this past Sunday, and uh, for sure this week. So I'm right there with you. It's been on my mind a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot. And uh, when I think Ken and I were out there last Wednesday, when Pastor Spencer was gone and he had asked me to preach, and we were talking about things, and he's like, so who's preaching next week? I was like, huh, that's a good question. I wonder who's preaching next Wednesday, because Brother Spencer's gone, Brother Jet's still not here. And so, uh, yeah, here, hi, it's me again. <laughs> it's me again. So uh, I've, I've had about a week or so to kind of prepare for, for what's, what I was going to talk about tonight, and it's honestly, it's, I'm going to talk about what's been going on in my mind. And it's, it's, it's a little bit because of what's going on here, right, with Pastor Spencer leaving and Brother Jet coming and change and things like that, um, but it goes a little further than that, so I kind of expanded a little bit more, but it's definitely come from this past week and leading up to it. So I might get talking and be the only one that's here, but I'm going to guess that's probably not just me that's kind of feeling some of these things. So uh, take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 34. We're going to start there. You're going to need to keep your Bibles out because I've got quite a few different areas that we're going to go to. Psalm chapter 34 is where we're going to start. Before we read there, um, I'll just kind of give you a brief, some uh, numbers, stats, statistics, fun stuff, falling asleep, boring things sometimes. Um, Anxiety, worry, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And anxiety disorder is a is a disorder that affects over 40 million people in, our, in the United States, an anxiety disorder of 18 years or older. Um, when they're diagnosed with that disorder, they're five times more likely to go to the doctor and six times more likely to be hospitalized for some kind of psychiatric disorder when they have an anxiety disorder. There's a lot of different health issues that come with an anxiety disorder as well. Um, and when those health issues come and mental health issues come relating to anxiety specifically, women are almost affected twice as much as men are. And uh, it's, it's something that's common. And as Christians, a lot of times we think, well, we shouldn't worry. We don't have anything to be worried about or anxious about. But that's, that's not life, is it? We get worried. We get anxious. Um, and so I'm going to kind of talk about that tonight maybe kind of be a little transparent with you, maybe where I have been, um, but 
uh, and where, what we can look to, what we can hope for, and hopefully encourage you a little bit if you're feeling some of those emotions, some of those thoughts, and maybe encourage you a little bit um, for what God says about it. So Psalm chapter 34, <clears throat> verse number 18. The Bible says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this night. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for the people that are here. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to stand up here and, and preach your word. I don't take it for granted, nor do I take it lightly to be able to stand here, Lord. I pray that you will help me this evening to say things that would be helpful to your people, to be a benefit to them and encourage them, help them to get through every day. Lord, I pray that you help me to say the things that you would have me say and not do it on my own, but to do what you would have me do. Lord, we love you. We thank you for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, worry. Worry is a chain of thoughts and images negatively affecting and, re- and uh, negatively affect laden and relatively uncontrollable. That's what worry is. It represents an attempt to engage in mental problem-solving on an issue whose outcome is uncertain but contains the possibility of one or more negative outcomes. Consequently, worry relates closely to fear. So that's a very specific definition of worry. We all worry. Everyone in here has probably had a day or two or a moment of worry or anxiety. And worry, it's a mental process. It's something we go through. It's something we work through. It's something we feel. And when worry gets a hold of you, it can affect you in a lot of different ways as well. It can affect you literally physically. It can affect your outlook on things. There are a lot of, if you start studying, if you go on the internet, okay, which again, I talked about Twitter and maybe not necessarily recommending that last week. The internet's full of not so great things, but you can learn a lot there too. And when you start studying anxiety and looking at the medical definitions, there is a list, a litany of physical things that will be affected if, if anxiety and worry is part of your life. And then none of them are good. They all end up poorly. So when you lie in bed at two in the morning and you can't fall asleep because your mind is running through all the things that your mind runs through at two in the morning because everything's quiet, there's no kids tugging at you, there's no job demanding something of you, there's no television in front of you occupying your mind, you have the quietness and your brain goes places, doesn't it? And you lie in bed at night and you worry about stuff. And you think about stuff and you ponder things. Anxiety and worry prevent happiness. It prevents energy and it can even stunt your faith. So the world will look at anxiety and, and worry and they'll try to fix it with you know, behavioral control. Right? They'll try to change your behavior, change the outlook on how you look at things. They may even try to medicate you and try to help you in that aspect. And I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. They know better. I'm sure some of those cases are necessary. But for us as Christians, anxiety and worry is closely related to your faith and your, your belief in who God is. And a lot of times we can not push that to the side, but maybe our anxiety and worry can overcome our thoughts on who God is and what he can do for us. So what are some causes of worry that you, you may have? Maybe some causes of worry that I've had. There are a lot of different things that can cause worry or anxiety. 
And as it pertains to us as a church going forward, uh, one of the things is fear of the unknown, fear of the future. Not knowing, you know, Pastor Spencer's not going to be here Sunday morning to preach like he always does and to just be, feel normal. We know Brother Jet. We've met him. We've heard him preach. We've talked to him. We believe that God has brought him here. We voted as a church 100% to bring him here because we believe that's God's plan. But we don't know him yet. Not that well. Not like we knew Pastor Spencer. And that can be worrisome. That can cause some anxiety. That can cause some, some fear. And the fear of the unknown or fear of the future is a, is a big cause of anxiety. Take your Bibles, turn to Isaiah. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 41. So we'll find the Bible says a lot about anxiety. The Bible, it doesn't say that word in the Bible. Anxiety isn't used. Worry is not even used. But the Bible talks a lot about that subject. And there are a lot of people in the Bible that struggled with it just like we do. So Isaiah chapter 41, <clears throat> verse number 10. The Bible says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So when we worry about the future, as when we lay in bed, and maybe it's the big things like here, the uncertainty of, of a new pastor, and like preacher said on Sunday morning this last week, what if he does things differently? What if he wants to change something? We don't like change, and we're afraid of, worried about, man, what if he wants to change something we just have always done? We, that, that's, we always do it that way. But he comes in with a new idea, and, and obviously prayed about things and, and wanting to be directed and led of God and comes in and wants to change something, we sit here today and go, what are the things he's going to change? What are the things he might, might do differently? Oh man, I hope it's not this. I hope it's not that. I hope it's not, and feel, we feel in our mind goes places that we allow it to, and we worry about things. And that's, that's for that specifically, but you could apply it to your life in any way. We could lay in bed at night and worry about how we're going to pay the water bill. How are we going to buy the groceries we need? How are we going to pay for the medicine that we need for our kids or for ourselves? How are we going to make sure the car works because it's having problems and I need that car to get to work? How am I going to take care of those things? And we sit there and we worry and fret and have anxiety over things of the future and uncertainty. And God tells us, fear thou not. I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I mean, that verse right there, and it's, you know, we, I've heard people talk about having anxiety and worry and quoting Bible verses as if that's a quick fix, as if that band-aid fixes things. And a lot of times people would be like, ah, well, but that's, uh, that's great and all, but what does that do for me? And the problem with that statement is, is God's not real to you. If, that, if a Bible verse just is a band-aid to you and it doesn't actually do something, then we need to worry, work on a relationship with God because the Bible is true. We all agree that, yes. We agree what the Bible says is accurate. It's not just good suggestions. God tells us not to fear because he's with us. Do you believe that God is with you, that he cares about what you care about? He says over and over and over again in the Bible that he cares about what you care about. And we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. So fear of the unknown, fear of the future is a, is a cause of anxiety. Another one is 
coping issues or just handling life. Life throws us curveballs. Life throws us tough times. Life throws, you see, I mean, look at the Johnsons. I, I don't know how I would handle that as a parent to be able to handle your child and not, not a whole lot you can do about that. Life throws us curveballs. Life throws us difficulties. And uh, anxiety and worry can come along with how do we handle those things. Go back to Psalm, but go to chapter 121. Psalm 121. <clears throat> how do we handle life when it's tough? Psalm 121, verse number 1. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. If you really believed, if we really believed that our God is the God that made heaven and earth, if we understood that, if if we understood that concept, and we say we believe it, we all would say, yes, I believe God made the heaven and the earth, but if we understood what that means... When life gets tough and you realize that God that you believe in that sacrificed his life for you so you could be with him forever, he's the one that made everything, even the toughest problems we have, God's capable. God can take care of them. Your help comes from God, not from yourself, not from you trying to figure it out. Again, worry, mental problem-solving. Try to figure out, get to the solution, fix it. Do your best to do it and then hope that that solution works. Now you need to be smart, you need to be wise, but your help comes from God, not from you and your ideas. When you realize that, you can handle things. When, when you see people go through tough times like Dahlia, like, like her parents, when they go through tough times and you look and you stand by and you go, wow, look how strong they are. Look at the grace that God has given them. Peace that passes all understanding. How do they do that? They, when, when people get through it and you comment on that, it's because they've realized God is their help. And they put all their eggs in his basket, so to speak. They put all their trust in him. And when you can rely on somebody like that, you don't have to worry. You just get through life. You do what you're supposed to do and God takes care of the rest. And when we look at that, we say, well, that's too easy to be true. That doesn't really actually work. Even as Christians, we can look at it in a skeptical way. But when we believe it, and when we, we believe what our Bible says, God is there to help us. The Bible says it very specifically. <clears throat> Another thing that can cause us worry or anxiety kind of goes hand in hand with fear of the unknown, change. Change scares us, doesn't it? When you change things, we don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it when you change stuff. You go at your job, if things change, mm, I don't like that. Even at my job, simple, serving food, right? Doesn't take rocket science. But we add things to our menu sometimes. We change things up. And I have to tell my employees, okay, so this is what you've been doing. You've been saying this to the customers. You've been offering this. You need to change. We need to add this or we need to change it to this. They're all just like, oh, no. I have to say something else? That's hard. I don't want to do that. I'm so used to this. I've done this for the last how many ever many weeks I've been here or months, and that's just it's the way it is. And now you want me to do this? 
<sighs> and they, they complain and they moan and you've asked, it's like it's a terrible thing you've asked them to do. And it, all we've done is we've changed something. But we all can relate to that because when we change things, we, we get uneasy. We get set in our ways. That's why most of you are sitting in the same place you sit every Wednesday. It doesn't matter if it's way back there or way up here or over there. We like our consistency. And if you ask me to change even where I sit in church, which doesn't matter, it bothers me. And I, get, and I worry about it. Well, if he, what, if we, what if Pastor Jet comes and says, all right, guys, we're roping off the back 10 rows. Everyone move up. We're not sitting in the sides until we can fill it. How many of us would be like, Mm-mm, I don't like that at all. That's not okay with me. And we would be, we'd worry about it. Be like, I always sit there. If I have to go up further, I'm not going to enjoy that. I, I don't want to go up further. And it's going to bother us and we'll worry and we'll be anxious about it. Change. It bothers us. But God knows. God knows. Go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Bible says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you an expected end. Pay attention to that phrase. To give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. We don't like change. We don't like when things change. We don't like when things are uncertain. But God says, my thoughts towards you are good. Meaning his plans that he has for your life, where he sees your future going. When change comes to you, because change has to come, for us to grow, for us to become better Christians, change does have to come. We can't just stay the way we are. God says, when I think of you, I think good things. I don't, I don't want bad things to happen to you. And he says at the end of verse number 11 there, to give you an expected end. He knows where you're going to end up. When the change comes in your life that you're worried about or anxious over, he knows the change that's, that's coming. And he knows the result of those changes. And God says, you'll come, you'll pray to me. Verse number 12, you'll call upon me, you'll pray to me, and I'll listen to you. I mean, if you're having a tough time with those changes, come talk to me about it. And God says, but I know, I have an expected end for you. I know where it's going. I know what's going to happen. So don't worry about it. Don't fret about it. Change will come. Come to me when changes come, and I'll take care of you. And we'll talk about it, and I'll give you comfort, because he knows the changes that are coming. So fear of the unknown or the future, handling tough times in life, change, lack of control. That's another thing that causes anxiety. Lack of control over your life, over situations, over people. When you don't have direct control over something, we can worry about what might happen, what someone else might do, because I can't control them, what situation might happen because I have no control over it. Go to Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> Don't stop turning. Keep those pages going. Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> so Jesus is going to tell his disciples a story. And he's going to encourage them. And we've, heard, we've all read this before, and I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction than maybe we usually do. Luke chapter 12, verse number 22. Follow along with me. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, 
what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you taking a thought can add, a, add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothe the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So we've heard this parable. We've, we've heard Jesus talk about these things and say, consider these things that are so lowly, and God takes care of them. Obviously, he's going to take care of you. You know, when you don't have control over things, you don't have direct control, we start to worry. And then we realize that God takes care of birds. God takes care of flowers. God says he will take care of you even when you don't have control over things. You don't need to worry. But we do worry, don't we? We do fear. What about when you're the one that causes the source of anxiety? What about when you make a mistake? What about when you mess up? What about when you sin? When you go against what God has said in his word and you make a mistake that causes lack of control, that causes uncertainty, and now you worry about something because you did it. Okay, I'm going to be transparent with you. that I have been here. And I have thought, okay, God says he's going to take care of me. Like he, he, he took care of the ravens, the sparrows, the lilies. God said he cares about me, he's going to take care of me. But I messed up. I made a mistake that has caused worry and anxiety to come to my life. I'm the ones that messed it up. I got myself in a bind. And now God, not that he can't help me, but he probably doesn't want to. Maybe he doesn't want to help me because I'm the one that made the mistake. I'm the one that put myself in a bad situation because of my sin or because of my lack of wisdom. I've put myself in a situation that brings anxiety, that brings worry and loss of control, fear, uncertainty. And so I, I look at God and I say, well, God, I know you care about me, but man, I messed up and you probably don't want to help me. You probably, because you, I'm guilty. So you probably don't feel like you should help me because I've done something wrong. And the, these verses here, the ravens literally do nothing to help their cause. The ravens exist. They're birds. They don't do anything to cause themselves to prosper. They don't do anything to cause themselves to fail. They just are. And God says, I take care of them. I take care of what they eat, where they live. You can't put yourself in a position where God says, well, I guess they're on their own now. You messed up so much, I'm going to have to let you, let you dwell. You made your bed, now lie in it. God doesn't do that to us. But we put ourselves in that position that we feel like God puts us there. He says, you've messed up too bad, you're on your own. He's never said, they're on their own now. He never said, well, they've messed up too bad for me to help. Never. If that were the case, if that's how God operated, we'd all be lost. 
Because we've all messed up. We've all sinned. And Jesus died for those things. Jesus came to this earth, lived his life, died and rose again for you when you mess up. He knew you were going to. He knew you will. And he never says, you've gone too far, I can't help you now. Now you've, you've made your, your bed, so to speak, now lie in it. God says, I am here for you always. I take care of the lilies, I take care of the ravens, I'll take care of you. Not to say that there aren't consequences for sin in this life, because there are, but it's never to the point where God says, well, you're irredeemable. You can't come back from that. If that were the case, people that have sinned bad sins, in quotation marks, well, they, aren't, they shouldn't be able to get saved because they sin so badly. God doesn't care. All sin is sin to him, isn't it? God saves everybody that wants to be saved. God died for everybody. John 3, 16, the whole world, not just the ones that aren't so bad. So when you mess up, when you do something that causes uncertainty to come to your life and worry to come to your life, realize God still is there for you. God still want, is there to take care of you. He'll give you comfort. He will get you through the tough times, even if you're the cause of them. God doesn't give up on you. God, God doesn't put you off to the side. God says, I'm still here for you in the same manner as, as if you were, did something you had no control over that brought bad times to your life. God never says, you've gone too far, I can't help you now. So those are some of the causes of worry. There are many, I'm going to give you a few people that struggled with worry, anxiety, maybe even some depression in the Bible. And I have a lot of verses, we don't have the time to go through them tonight, but David struggled with worry, anxiety, depression a lot. Elijah struggled. Jonah, man, he struggled with worry and anger. Job, talk about things out of your control and uncertainty. Worry, anxiety, losing everything. Moses struggled with worry and just having, just, he's had it. Can't deal with life anymore. Spend a mountaintop experience with God, face to face with him, given the law, come down and your people have just gone off the deep end. He couldn't handle it. Jeremiah, talk about a preacher that discouragement after discouragement for him. And even Jesus. Jesus struggled with worry. His soul was exceeding, exceedingly sorrowful unto death. He told his disciples that before he was to be crucified. You're not alone in worry. You're not alone in anxiety. It happens to everybody. It happens to people in the Bible. But what can we do about it? What are some things that we can do about anxiety? Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Only like four more pages of notes, so we're getting, we're getting there. Just making sure you're still awake. It's not four. It's only three. So what can we do about anxiety? What are something that, how do we handle that? I've given you some Bible verses. I've given you some encouragement, hopefully, from what God says that he is there for you. We're going to take one example here on some, somebody in the Bible that had a big-time panic attack big-time anxiety attack and, and what he did about it. So Second Chronicles chapter 20, start with verse number 1. Actually, let's go back to chapter 19, end of verse number 11. 
So Jehoshaphat, he's the king. He's given a speech to his people. At the very end of verse number 11, he says to his people, Deal courageously, and the Lord shall be, uh, the Lord shall be with the good. So he's telling his people, let's be brave, let's deal courageously with God, and he'll take care of us. Very positive, very encouraging. And then come to chapter 20, verse number 1. It says, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Amnon, and with them other besides Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then, then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria, and behold, they, they be in Hazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed to fast throughout all Judah. So you have King Jehoshaphat, he's king, he's telling his people, be courageous, let's be, you know, let's, let's be courageous and brave, we're going to get through this, we're going to deal good with the Lord. And immediately after that, he is blindsided by two countries with other people with them coming to wipe him out. He didn't see it coming, he didn't know it was going to happen. And he's, he's blindsided that he's outnumbered. His armies are outnumbered. His people are outnumbered. These people are coming to kill them. And he, it says, verse number three, he feared. He was terrified. So when fear and worry comes to your mind, I don't think any of us have been in a case where some armies are coming to kill us. You know, we live in America. We're pretty safe in that, that area. I mean, it has happened in some places, but... None of us probably have been dealt with battled, readied armies coming to kill us. So that type of fear may not, you know, translate. But we've all been afraid of something, all been worried about something. There's, all of us have probably had a date on the calendar that, that was, like, ominous to us. And it could just be a random day, but something, either a, a, a test for a doctor or, or an appointment or something on the calendar that was dreadful to us, and we dreaded that day. And we worried about it, and it made us fearful. So when that happens, when that fear and anxiety come to our minds, how do we respond? Well, what did Jehoshaphat do? What was the very first thing he did? Verse number three, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Immediately he went to God. First thing, like he didn't call his dad. He didn't go see his wise men. He didn't think about what he thought was best. He didn't prepare an army. He didn't do anything but go to God first. Now, we need to be wise in our lives. We should seek medical attention for things. We should be smart about stuff in our life. But do we go to God immediately when we're worried about something? When something bothers you, when you're anxious of something, when you're worried about something coming up, is the first place we go to God. I will say for me, no. It isn't. I don't. I fail at that a lot. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm all alone. Maybe everyone's like, well, I always go to God. What are you talking about? I go to myself a lot and try to figure it out. Again, that mental problem solving. I try to, okay, I'm a guy. A lot of guys do this. All right, I have this problem. What's the solution? How do we fix it? All right, step A, can we do this? No? All right, how about A, 1A? Okay, let's see. That won't work. And you try to work through a thing to to quell that worry, to quell that anxiety and get rid of that. And if you figure out the problem, if you figure out a possible solution, okay, I think 2B with a little bit of C is going to work and probably take care of my worry. Okay, okay. All right, I feel good about it. All right, good. Okay, I think it will, will be fine. Hopefully it will be fine. It should be fine. I mean, it will probably be all right. I don't know, but what if it's not? 
Oh, no, it'll be fine. And we have that mental discussion. Did I go to God yet? No, I didn't. But Jehoshaphat immediately went to God. He said, God, I have a problem. I'm scared. I need help. That's the very first thing he did. We need God. When you're worried about something, you need God. When you're anxious over something, you need God. Whether it's your cause or someone else's cause, stop trying to do it on your own. You're not self-sufficient. You're not good enough to figure it out. You're not. Go to God first. That's what Jehoshaphat did. He went right to God. He sought the Lord when he was afraid. First thing he did immediately. God already knows your issue, right? God already knows your problem. He knows this, the worry you have in your heart. He's already there. He just, he's waiting for you to just say, hey, come on, come talk to me about it. Let's, I, can, I got a plan. I know how we're going to handle it. And I'm going to be there with you to do it. Go to God first. He knows what's bothering you. He wants to help. So firstly, go to God. Secondly, don't let anxiety control your thoughts. That mental problem-solving or discussion, inner monologue, a lot of times we like to, to, to talk about it. Remember what God has already done for you in the past. Rather than dwell on the focus on the anxiety and let that control your thoughts and worry, remember what God has already done for you. Look at your present and possible future outcomes and, and realize that God's already there. God already knows what's coming up. So what did Jehoshaphat do? Go down to verse number 6. He's praying. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, art thou now the God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all kingdoms of all the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that there is none able to withstand thee. He's remembering who is God. Who is his God? Art thou not our God? who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary then for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then wilt thou hear and help. So he went to God right away, and then he remembered what God had already done for him. Have you ever, I'm guessing, you've gotten through tough times? Have you come through things that bothered you and worried you, and you got to the other side, and God got you through it? I know I have. I've gone through some tough times. I've, I've been faced with things that worried me, kept me up at night. But God got me through it. And now that I'm on the other side, I can look back and say, okay, I remember God did that for me that one time. God, I remember. I went through this tough time, and it was, I was really worried about it, really anxious about it. And you know what? I'm still here. I'm still serving you. I'm still in church. I'm still loving you. I'm still believing in you. I'm still living for you. And I believe that because of what you did for me before, probably a good indication you can do it for me again. God remembers. God knows what he can do for you. We need to remember what he did for us. So we need to go to him first, and we need to not let the anxiety and the worry control our thoughts, but remember what God has already done for us. Focus on that, not the worry. Thirdly, remember, your God rules. And spell R-U-L-E-S. Not your God rules. No? Okay. Verse number six. <clears throat> It's, uh, it says, art, thou, art not thou the God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? 
God is in charge. God is almighty. He's all-powerful. He is the end-all, beat-all of everything that has ever been. That's your God. That's your Savior. He is everything. There's nothing he's incapable of. That He knows all your situations. He can bring good from even the worst scenario. He can bring good from the worst case possibility that you worry about. When you're worried about something and you think the worst possible outcome, God can bring good from if that happens. God will bring good from that. That's what God does. He brings good from everything. And again, if you've lived any amount of time, you've seen that happen probably in your own life. You've seen bad things happen and God still get glory out of it. And God still do something good out of it. Your God is in charge. He rules. The one that saved your soul is the one that's in charge. So go to God. Don't let anxiety control your thoughts. Remember your God rules. And then lastly, reach out to those close to you. When you have problems, when you're worried about something, when you're anxious, there are people here that can help and want to help. Don't be embarrassed to ask for help. Don't be embarrassed to look for encouragement. We are told as believers to encourage one another. We're we're told to lift each other up. If someone needs help, if someone's struggling, don't do it all by yourself. We talked about that again. You're not self-sufficient. Go to God first and then find somebody to help. I can guarantee you, if you came to anyone in here with a trouble you had, that person would be more than willing to pray with you, to help you any way you can. And if someone comes to you as a Christian, we need to be ready and willing to lift each other up, knowing that that could be us sometime, and we need that help. So whatever is worrying you, whatever is causing you anxiety about the unknown, about the future, about what you don't have control over, just remember God. Remember to go to him. Remember to remember what he's done for you instead of focusing on the problem. Remember your God is in charge. He rules. And then remember to reach out for help and encouragement. Will this solve every problem with anxiety? Probably not necessarily solve everything, but I think if we follow the pattern that God has given us numerous times, he has ways to help us through it. He knows we're frail. He knows we have problems, but he wants to help us. All right, I'll pray, and then uh, we'll have a few moments of prayer. Father, again, thank you for... We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.